Welcome to the podcast of Fairmount Presbyterian Church in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, where we feature our worship sermons. Listen again to past sermons from home, when you are traveling, or wherever you are. Listen in if you need a moment of reflection, inspiration, and love. Uh, Beloved, will you please pray with me? Loving and holy God, we invite your presence and spirit to rest on our hearts this day, gently leading and guiding us to hear the good word that you might have for us. God, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts may be humble and pleasing in your sight. Amen. Last year, I read this book, um, No Cure for Being Human and Other Truths I Needed to Hear. It's by the author Kate Bowler. Some of you might have heard her before. She also wrote, Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies That I've Loved, and has done some very good public theology. Kate is a uh, professor of history, professor of Christian history at Duke Divinity School. And in this memoir, No Cure for Being Human, she writes about her experience with a life-altering medical diagnosis and the ways that, against her wishes, it changed her life. In the back of the appendix, frustrated with all of the positivity mindset baloney that she heard over and over and over again, she shares cliches and things people say and the truths that we need. For example, things that people say, carpe diem, and a more complicated truth, I mean, yes, unless you need a nap. Things people say, let go and let God, a more complicated truth, God loves you but won't do your taxes. Things people say, no regrets, a more complicated truth, facing the past is part of facing the future. Things people say, make every minute count. A more complicated truth, life is unpredictable. You're a person, not a certified accountant. Things people say, everyone is doing their best. A more complicated truth, the jury is still out on that. Things people say, nothing is wasted. A more complicated truth, we lose every day, which is why we never have enough endless love, friends, and carbs. Things people say, everything is possible. A more complicated truth, ask instead what is possible today. And this one that I want you to hold on to for a moment. Things people say, you are invincible. A more complicated truth, there is no cure for being human. There is no cure for being human. Kate Bowler was diagnosed with cancer many years back and experienced hardship through it. It was in the midst of this battle that she found this tension between our culture's positivity mindset thinking, like all those cliches she wrote about, the mindset that is present in countless self-help books to sort out your life, the mindset that we must live our best lives now that we will help you ride to greatness, to build your best self, to take charge of the moment, and to become a better version of yourself by out-eating, out-learning, and out-performing your humanness. That there is not a thing that can hold you back. 
She found that that positivity and this create-your-own-destiny thinking it was in tension with her new medically altered reality that she was now living in. She wondered how could she move forward with a life that she did not choose. And I'm sure she is not alone in that thought. It is not that I don't believe in, in positive thinking and self-help and taking charge are not helpful or have a place or aren't even deeply meaningful in our lives. I love some good, super energized coaching to yelling at me to not give up, to do my best, to reach for greatness and to be my best self. That's great. And I've also found some of those God cliches, the ones like, God does not give you more than you can handle, to be deeply moving, to be deeply meaningful and even profound at some points in my life. But even now that cliche has moved into, but what if God isn't the one who is doing the giving? Have any of you experienced what is true for Kate here? That sometimes life is more than your Peloton can solve. Some issues, seven highly effective habits cannot sort out. In her opening pages, Kate, she says this, Before I was earnest and clever and ignorant, and I thought life was a series of choices that I curated my own life until one day I couldn't. I had accepted the burden of limitless choices only to find out that I had very few to make. I was stuck in this body, this house, this life. And we wonder, how do we manage life when dealing with a new diagnosis, with a lost job, with aging that is taking away our mobility, with being forced to move from our home, with a disappointing loved one or friend, with trauma and abuse, with mental illness, with a destabilizing grief, with plans that fall apart, with a terminal illness that constantly forces new realities. What happens when we can't outwit or outperform our humanness? Our text for the day encounters a community in a similar place of unease and frustration with just how human our world is. At the beginning of the reading, we are told that Christ has already come and taken away all the sins. And the Hebrews lift up how Christ's sacrifice gave grace and salvation that was whole and complete. But this same community, this Hebrew community, is tired and discouraged, tired of trying to live a Christian life in a culture that offers no support of it, and discouraged that even after Easter, how evil still seems to persist in our world. The people are frustrated and confused why Jesus' enemies aren't already God's footstools what was Easter for if not to end this evil and this suffering? The congregation in our text is waiting for this second coming of Christ to take away this pain and frustration away, but we know for them and most likely for us that the dramatic way they envision this second coming is not coming. 
They, like all the generations to follow, are unsure how to deal with pain and humanness of our world, how to deal with the unjust realities we find ourselves in, and how to move forward. With what we did not choose, how do we move forward? How do we move forward in hope in a way that is not filled with cliches and self-help truths that aren't true? Professor Jane Fahey from Columbia Seminary says this while reflecting on this passage. She says that the sanctified life is one that is lived in hope. That the world is still waiting for the final defeat of all of God's enemies. All believers then and now face face the challenge of living faithfully during this in-between time, perhaps even in the midst of persecution and abuse. Christian hope is practiced against our outward circumstances. It is rooted not in human effort, but solely on the faithfulness of God. We are able to hold fast because the one who has promised is faithful. I love that line from her, that Christian hope is practiced against our outward circumstances. It does not come from our outward circumstances. It is only rooted in human effort solely because of the faithfulness of God, which means that how we feel about any circumstance can never be an indication of the presence of God in any situation. We can say that our lives will not work out in the way that we expected expected them to, which will surely happen, and that is not a failure upon us. That does not indicate who we are. That does not indicate who God is. Nor is it, is it a defeat. We can learn to believe and hope that God's story is one of love and salvation and grace that is truthful always through whatever it, we might be in the midst of it. That in the middle of this, our text points to community. At the end of a verse, verse 24, it reads this, Let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. Do not neglect to meet together in worship, as is the habit of some, but encourage one another. And all the more you will see this day approaching. I love that language in there. Let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds because that can both be challenging to encourage, to push, to pull, to shove, to irritate, to fortify one another to love and good deeds. But it also can be gentle to provoke one another to see God's story in your life. To provoke one another by sitting in pain with each other. To not allow someone else to be alone. To provoke and witness God. Kate discusses that when this started for her, when this journey started for her, that she was incredibly lonely. She said, I hated feeling like I was on the other side of the plexiglass. And all the normal people were living their gorgeous, dumb, lucky lives while I was stuck with my tragedy. 
She says, now I don't ever feel like that, saying, now I get to have beautiful conversations with wonderful people who speak this language and truly understand. And I get to give that experience to people who are in a lot of pain. What good provoking that is. What good allowing herself to be provoked by others that is. The good news is that through one another, through the love of our God for ourselves and for each other, that even in the midst of this beautiful and terrible world, we do not need a cure for being human. We need hope that is deeper than cliches. We need a God who has already declared that we are worthy and beloved and saved. We need good provoking of the people around us. Because only through that is only through the strength and hope deeper than cliches that we might be able to navigate a world that surely won't always go our way. We, this world, we do not need a cure for being human. Through our God, through our experience of God, through provoking one another, through allowing ourselves to be provoked by the people around us. That is all the hope, that it is all the love we will ever need. Amen. We thank you for listening to a worship episode from Fairmount Presbyterian Church. Revisit this podcast site weekly for new worship episodes. Have a beautiful and blessed day.